Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Seven Traits of toxic dream-killing friends. There's probably more than seven. So toxic connections, toxic dream-killing friends. What they have, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I learned from this. I learned about this from a friend of mine who was from Argentina. And he said this mindset was so uh, prevalent in Argentina. And he called it the crab-in-the-bucket mentality. You ever heard of it? The crab in the bucket mentality. And it's where if, if you've ever gone fishing, you have crabs, you know, you, all, these crabs are, any one of them could, get, could, 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 could escape. The crab in the bucket mentality is saying, if I can't have it, you can't either. Hmm. If I can't have it, I don't want you to have it. And so these crabs could get out of the bucket, but they climb over each other. And if one starts coming up, they'll climb and they'll pull the other one down. And so there are certain people in your life who are so toxic as, you know, you can dream with God all day long. You can press into that prophetic word all day long. But there are some people in your life who says, well, you know, I don't have a prophetic word, so you're not going to see yours come to pass. God didn't speak to my heart, so I'm not going to, I'm going to do everything I can to pull you down. Those are the people that are toxic, okay? Those are the people that are toxic. So let's talk about some of what they do so that you'll know. Toxic dream-killing friends are, number one, they're pessimistic about your big ideas. They're pessimistic. They just want to tell you or they want to ask you how. Now, I don't know about you, but every big idea God's ever given me, I don't know how. If I knew how, I wouldn't need God, right? Right? When God gave me the vision to launch awakening prayer hubs in nations all over the earth, we had zero prayer hubs, zero. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how. Now we have almost 300 in almost 30 nations. Guess what? I still don't know how I did it, but God knows how. When you put your hand to the plow, 
God will show you the how. Amen. And so when you share your big idea, your dream, your vision for a company, your life vision, something great that God is speaking to you to do or to build, what happens is toxic people will say, well, how are you going to do that? Well, I don't know how. Well, you know how hard that's going to be? Do you understand what you're up against? You know, you can't have a church and lead a church. You're a woman. Don't you know that? Yes, I'm quite aware. Thank you very much. Amen. People want to say how. How? How? And you just need to say, I don't know how, but God knows how. And if they're persistent in trying to talk you out of the dream God put in your heart, you just need to back up and fade to black. Amen? Oh, Jesus. Some of you are like that, aren't you? You recognize that in you because you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm pessimistic. I'm toxic. That's why we have deliverance ministry. Your toxic dream-killing friends, they will criticize you for pursuing your dreams. They'll, they'll, they'll criticize you. They'll criticize you. They will make you feel like there's something wrong with you. Like, you know, why can't you just go with the status quo? Why can't you just work your nine to five like the rest of us and be happy with what you have? Why do you have to get, try to get ahead? Toxic dream-killing friends, oh, Jesus, they will always play the devil's advocate. Come on, you got any friends like that? Always playing the devil's advocate always telling you everything that can go wrong that probably never will. And, you know, I, I think we all have to have somebody who has that devil's advocate mindset in a healthy way that can help you see the stumbling blocks and help you see from experience. So the reality is if you've gone somewhere that I haven't been, you know the way. And so I want you to say, well, you know, Jennifer, what are you going to do? So you're trying to play at these houses of prayer in London. Um, what are you going to do when the witches show up to your meeting? Because they will. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. You know, well, this person's not being negative. This person's not being pessimistic. This person's not trying to kill my dreams. They're not playing devil's advocate in an unhealthy way. What they're doing is they're, they're trying to show me something because they have experience and I don't. And by the way, the witches did show up in my meeting in London. And because that person gave me the heads up, I was able to evict them. Amen. Number four, your toxic dream-killing friends will purposely, somebody say purposely, purposely distract you from your goals. They do it on purpose. They do it on purpose. There was this Jezebel one time. Y'all know who Jezebel is? You know, people name their children that still. I'm like, who in the world? You are, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you name your child Jezebel? Jesus, help me, God. And the Lord had told me, now this was some years ago, he told me, he started, he told me, get up at, at four in the morning. And I, I, I questioned if that was really the Lord, but I did. I started getting up at four in the morning and I happened to tell this person this. I said, you know, Lord told me to get up at four in the morning. And so this person was intentionally, they would call me at like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night crying. <laughs> I'm just so sad. <laughs> and me being the compassionate person that I am, I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to counsel. I'm trying to be helpful. And then I realized, man, for a week, I'm not able to get up before the morning because she's like blubbering and bawling and squalling and, you know, till 10 o'clock at night. And then one day I woke up really mad because I realized that Jezebel had played me. I said, oh, okay. I see how this is. And you know what I did? Hashtag fade to black. Amen. I backed up off that because this person was an assignment of the enemy to thwart what God was trying to do in my life. The reason why he told me to get up at four in the morning because he wanted to do something. In my, and let me, who wants that 4 a.m. anointing? 
Nobody. Nobody. Some, some of y'all like actually shriveled in your seats. You're like, don't you dare. Don't you dare pray that over me. How about 345? Because God adjusted my time to 345. God, I hope that's the last adjustment. And they tell you, like producti- productivity people, they say, if you want to get up earlier, set your alarm 15 minutes earlier one week and then 15 the next week. And I'm like, Lord, this is, this is, a, this is a wrong, this trend's going the wrong way. People who are toxic, dream-killing friends, they will tell you to give up when things get hard. Be the first ones to tell you, it's not worth it. It is not worth it. Let me just set you free and reset your mind. If God's told you to do it, it is worth doing. It's worth it. No matter how much warfare, no matter how much hell, no matter how much high water, if God said do it, the destination is glorious. It's worth it. And these people, because they're so pessimistic and negative, they'll just be the first ones to tell you, I told you what would happen if you tried to do that. They'll tell you to give up. Here's the next one. Oh, my goodness. Number six. They will put these toxic dream killing friends. They will put a negative spin on your wins. Like you can go and tell them I had a massive breakthrough. I signed a book deal today. How many are you writing books? How many are you writing books? Look at all these people writing books. How excited would you be if the largest book publisher in the, in the Christian market called you and said, we want to give you a $15,000 advance to write your book. That happened to me once. I was so happy. And guess what? If you tell the wrong person, they will come against that. They will turn your win into a fearful situation. Well, how are you going to get that book done anyway? Hmm. Or, you know, oh, that's a nice book you wrote. But you know whose book is better on that topic? You know, when I was growing up, and, and I don't mean to be pick on my family, but it was just funny because when, when I was growing up, you know, we ate dinner at the table like a normal family. Most families don't do that anymore. You know, we ate dinner around the table. And, you know, my mother would, you know, I'd be in my room doing something. You know, come on. It's on the table. It's getting cold. And she liked to eat, she likes to eat everything boiling. It's got to be boiling hot before she'll put it in her mouth. And so I come out and we'd eat. And it was, my mother was very good, very good, very good cook. She cooked everything. Is just, it's wonderful. She's, a, she's great. She didn't pass that anointing to me, but she's, she's good. That's why Thanksgivings are so beautiful. But every time after we ate, my dad would say, that was good. She said, thank you. She go, he said, but you know what can make it a little bit better? <laughs> Ooh, like every time. And I'm watching this like one of these days she's going to pop off. I'm 13 years old. I'm like, I'm like, no, mommy, it was really good. It couldn't have possibly been better. But he wasn't trying to be, you know, whatever. He wasn't trying to be rude. He was just, he had, some people have a mindset, make it better, make it better. And that's really good when it's healthy, right? But there's a time and a place. And when your spouse just made all that food and you didn't lift a finger, ain't the time, ain't the place, right? And so there you go. And then the last one, uh, (laughs) seven traits of toxic dream killing friends. Um, They're jealous of your success. They are jealous of your success. And I've had to deal with that a lot. A lot of people, you know, you know, if it's not my hair, my beautiful, gorgeous red hair, which my hairdresser just about stripped me bald last time I went. I'm so mad at her. 15 years she's done my hair. And suddenly, one afternoon, a demon jumps on her and she... I'm like, same thing happened to you, remember that? <laughs> 
You know why it happened to me? Because when it happened to her, I thought it was funny. <laughs> no, because it was during COVID and we couldn't find anybody to cut our hair. And we were back here. The lady came up here in the back and it was windy. It was windy. And, and she's chop, chop, chop. And I see Prophetess's hair <laughs> flying in the wind. And I'm like, is that your hair? Is that your hair? And sure enough, man, she had about 25% less hair than she came with. And <laughs> she's still mad about it. We had to do deliverance. It was bad. And see, I reaped what I sowed. I went in there. That lady thinned out my hair. I said, I used to have body and bounce. Now I got these, like, when she first did it, it's like, now I've got this puffball on my head, some strings hanging down, and they don't even curl. I was so mad. The devil knows how to hit you where it hurts. It's starting to grow out. They're jealous of your success. They were jealous of Samson's hair. That's why I don't feel so bad. But they're jealous of your success, and so they don't want to see you succeed. They want to see you fail. They're jealous. And, you know, my whole life, you know, when people were meeting me when I was growing up, my mother would say, well, they're just jealous. I never understood that. But some people are. It's not even that they want what you have. They just don't want you to have it. It goes back to the crab mentality. So if you're, if you're around people who don't support your dreams or won't support your dreams, it's time to make new connections because the connections will determine the quality. Oh, you got it. One person got it. Okay. Quality. <laughs> I want this to just like be burned into your brain in a good way, like Holy Ghost burn. Your connections will determine the quality and direction of your life. So if you're connected with somebody that has a negative mindset, it affects your thinking, your attitude, it drains your energy. Um, they reinforce your doubts. You know, you can't hang around negative people and expect to have a positive life. Can't hang around Deb Debbie Downers and negative Nancys and think that that's not going to affect you because it will. So I limit my exposure to those people. There's some people, listen, you can't cut them out of your life. It's your family. <laughs> so you, what you try to do is you limit your exposure or you have to almost like amp yourself up to be around them, almost like just brace yourself and, you know, get ready and just so that they can't affect you that way. Uh, you know, if you're connected with someone who isn't seeking to improve themselves, you have to overcome that inertia. It's like pushing a boulder up a hill. If you're connected with someone who's a drama queen, or drama king, because I've met a few of those too, is not all the ladies. Some of these men are bigger gossipers than the women. Drama kings. You're going to see your time and energy. I had a friend like that is a, a, a wonderful man of God, very anointed. Tremendous man of God. Drama king. I mean, dear God. Eight o'clock in the morning. Did you see what so-and-so put on Facebook? Oh, Jesus, I don't care what they put. I'm trying to write a book. Leave me alone. So you know what I do? I don't answer the phone anymore. Because I know it's going to be drama. So you just got to use wisdom and how you, you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I'm not telling you to, to say, ah, you know, you, you know, no, you just pull back or set boundaries of when you're going to be around them and how much time you're going to spend. I'm not telling you to cut people out of your life, but you probably have to change some of the dynamics of their, and some people do need to be cut out of your life. Some do because they're abusive and they're toxic. But have you ever felt like you're going two steps forward and one step back? Sometimes that's because you're double-minded. Because double-mindedness brings reverse momentum in your life. Because you've stepped out of truth and into a lie. You've stepped out of peace and into turmoil. When you're double-minded, you're not peaceful. You're tormented. 
You're, you're, you're reasoning yourself into confusion. And James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He said, when you pray, pray with faith. Don't, don't be double-minded because you won't get anything from the Lord. Sometimes the reason why your prayer life's not working is because you're double-minded. You pray a powerful prayer. Oh, Jesus, I decree that my finances are rising. My bank account is overflowing. My mortgage is paid off. And I thank you, Lord, that blessings chase me down and overtake me. Everything I put my hand to shall prosper. You've given me the power to create wealth. Oh, Jesus, I thank you that you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. And then we get one phone call about something broke in the house. I can't afford that. I can't believe this. Now how am I going to pay for my child? to go to college this is a disaster and not only do we you know decree or say the wrong thing we go way off there it's the end of the world you're gonna have no clothes for the winter i mean it's it's we just go it's mounted out of a molehill (laughs) poor judah ain't gonna have no shoes next year you just hey grandma's got it so when we speak life out of our mouth we penetrate the enemy's plans with the sword of the spirit in the morning. But as soon as we see a circumstance doesn't go our way, we once again give the enemy our words. And it's like flip-flopping, flip-flopping. You'd think you'd get tired of it. You know, it's exhausting mentally. So this word double-minded, let me just tell you this because it's from James 1.8. James 1.8, talking about the double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. James 1.8, that word double-minded, it comes from the Greek word dipsukos. And it means a person with two souls or two minds. It's like spiritual schizophrenia. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And even John the Baptist, the greatest of all prophets, the greatest to be born of a woman. This is something I was just telling you this so you won't, you won't feel bad because it can happen to anybody. John the Baptist was under all this pressure. He's in prison. Herod's about to cut off his head. And John sends his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? Or should we look for another? This was the prophet who was the forerunner of Jesus prophesying. There's one. There's one coming. He's greater than I. I'm not worthy to untie his shoe. Come on. He was like the one who pointed the way to Jesus, baptized him in the Jordan River. Holy Ghost ascends on him like a dove. And he's like, are you sure you're Jesus? Are you sure that you're my Messiah? This is double-mindedness. And it happens many times when we're under great pressure. So let's talk about, as we wrap this up, these signs of double-mindedness. And I hope that if this attains, to, if this applies to you, you'll take it to heart because God wants to deliver you. Signs of double-mindedness. I don't have scriptures for these. These are my observations. Could probably dig enough and get scriptures, but you pray one thing and say something else. We talked about that. I gave you an example of that. We pray one thing. We say something else. You find yourself in prayer and your faith is high. You're believing and you get out of prayer and one little thing... And you're saying the opposite of what you just prayed. Effectively canceling out your prayers. Then you got to pray again. Number two, we say one thing and we mean what we say, but we do the entirely opposite thing. That's why the Bible says, let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Anything more than this is evil, right? We say one thing and we mean it when we say it. But then we don't follow through. We do something many times, not just don't do it, but we do the opposite. Well, I'm never going to whatever. I'm, never, I'm, I, I'm not going to eat that, no more of that cheesecake. You know, somebody bought me an entire huge cheesecake 
in the summer and I'm trying to lose all that weight. And I said, that person has a demon. (laughs) Inspired by the devil, bring me that cheesecake. And I was so tempted. I was so tempted. And I I just said, get it out of my, you know, because I wasn't going to be double-minded about it. Number three, you are indecisive. You are indecisive. You make a decision in the morning. You change your mind by the afternoon or next week. You're double, you're, you're, you're indecisive. You don't know what you're doing. You know, I'm not an indecisive person. I make up my mind. I do what I say. And if I'm wrong, if I make a mistake, then I learn from it. But I'm not going to sit here and sway, waste all this time. I'm a person of massive action. I don't want the devil to get ahead of me. You know, God says go. I'm not going to sit there and, you know, for a year and try to figure out if that's what he meant. If he meant go now, go then, go yesterday. Number four, you reason things out to the point of confusion. You reason things out to the point of confusion. You can reason and reason and reason and reason and reason and reason, and you end up more confused. You can only think about something so much. That's why the Bible says, cast your cares on the Lord, because he cares for you. Of course, God gave us a mind. He wants us to think about a thing. But when you're thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, and, and you're not getting inspiration from the Holy Ghost, you're not getting wisdom from above, you're just getting confused, then you know the enemy has infiltrated your thoughts somehow. Because that's not God. God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace, truth, and love, and joy, and think on these things. Number five, you are easily manipulated to bend to the will of others. Easily manipulated to bend to the will of others. You've made up your mind. Somebody talk you right out of it. You know God said it. You know, just somebody else comes along, just talks you right out of it. Number six, and I hate this one, you live in double standards. I hate people who have, I don't hate the people, but I hate the double standard. I don't like double standards. I don't like it when it's okay for you, but it's not okay for me. How come you can interrupt me all the time, but if I interrupt you, you're all mad. How come, you, you know, I can, wait, I can wait on you 15 minutes, you're always late. You say you're going to meet me at the coffee shop at X time, and I'm waiting 15 minutes for you. But if I'm late, you have a hissy fit. That's a double standard. So I hate that. But double, double sta- if you always have double standards, you're double-minded because you, you've said you're going to do something, you haven't done it, or you haven't applied that same truth to somebody else. Number seven, you're easily swayed by someone's opinion. Number eight, your emotions are unstable. Your emotions are unstable. Remember, the, the, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Your emotions aren't stable. And again, I, I mentioned this before, but you aren't seeing prayer answers. You aren't seeing prayer answers. So we have to look at our words. The summary is this. I said all that to say this. Our words are weapons. They can either be truth bombs into the enemy's camp, cutting the enemy's plans for our lives into pieces, or we can arm the enemy with our words so that he can fire at us. Our tongue is the weapon and our words are the ammunition. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or so into Operation Liberation, our missions arm at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today.
You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.